guys, welcome to another episode of Winner Winner Podcast, a Player Unknown's Battlegrounds podcast. I am your host, Robin. And I'm your host, Arjuna. This week, we have a lot of current events to cover, and an overarching question, which kind of captures the zeitgeist, I feel like, of the game right now. And the question we'll be asking today as our main topic is... Does PUBG suck? It's a big and important question that one has to ask oneself from time to time. You know what I'm saying? I do know. And I think a lot of people have been asking themselves this, at least on on somewhat, whether fully conscious level or not. Yeah. (laughs) It's something that is facing us. And we're, what, I don't know, over a year past 1.0? No, not 1.0 release, but early access was maybe it was over a year ago right yeah so definitely definitely i think a good time to kind of like check in and look at the state of the game and and kind of just see where it sits and and also kind of examine our own expectations about the game and gaming in general but we'll get to that first we've got a patreon shout out yeah yeah this week we're shouting out chris thanks Uh, chris yeah thanks man we really appreciate your support yeah it makes a huge difference and uh, we were just we were just talking about how we need to get a new microphone stand for the microphone that Robin uses. Mm-hmm. And guess what? We're going to get that cash. It's straight from our Patreon supplies. So thank you guys very much for that. My microphone setup is a cymbal stand for drums, and there's rubber bands holding our microphone to it. So anytime I bump anything like that, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pretty janky so yeah thanks a lot guys we the, the support really does help and helps us kind of make a quality show so and it, it's good to get that affirmation too so we yeah appreciate it definitely so yeah there's there's a lot of little incidental costs just like you know in order to run our custom games we had to buy another copy of the game just stuff like that mm-hmm. so um yeah as, as time goes on that cash really does help so we really appreciate it thanks so much so let's see uh speaking about patreons we have a patreon question of the week this week from stop collaborate so i'll go ahead and read that oh i'm so excited we have another we haven't had one in a while yeah it's true i think it's partially just because we've been forgetting to stir the pot you know Mm -hmm. we'll try to remember to do that true and uh to all of you patreon patrons right now right now if you have a question write it down ask it in our special members lounge Mm -hmm. or just call us yeah just call me up yeah just just come over really you know we live in oregon (laughs) yeah that helps anyway okay so stop collaborate says all right something that has bothered me for a while about some advice given on the show Uh uh-oh robin what's up we're getting our comeuppance something that has bothered me for a while about some advice given on the show is frequently it boils down to just line up a headshot really At first, I thought this was done tongue-in-cheek, but increasingly noticed it is dead serious with oh, the implication no. that I suck if I can't reliably pull off headshots like it's no big deal. Oh, no. Is getting headshots that intuitive slash easy on PC? Because on Xbox, I consider it a plus if I can simply reliably tag someone. And headshots are almost always pure luck. Mm. So, um, yeah, man. Some, some criticism here. What say you to that, Robin? First of all... I didn't realize we said that so much, and I apologize <laughs> that our our advice sounds um, maybe sn- like a snide, just like just get better. You right, know what I mean? I right. We don't. We aim to come off uh, or or to get insights about the game, and to share those insights. Anyone can tell you to be a better player, and that's not 
what we're here to do. I think that there might be a, a little bit of a tinge of truth to what you're saying in the sense that, as a criticism, in the sense of the advice we're giving, and it's something that I actually, I have ambitions for the show to actually tell people how to aim better. <laughs> mm, okay, nice. <laughs> Which is a really difficult question, and thus far we've pretty much, that's pretty much all I can tell people, is that aiming is really important, literally. It is, I think, the most important skill in the game. Yeah. We can give all kinds. I think one of the reasons I like to focus on other insights and tactics and strategy about the game is that it can mitigate bad aim. And it, it can kind of offset some other skills that are lacking that, frankly, take a lot of time and discipline to build up. Yeah. And I'm trying to find ways to, to make myself and to make um, our fans better aimers. And so that's a work in progress, and I do plan on doing a show about it at some point. Um, but that I'm definitely open to hearing um, players' feedback or suggestions on on that topic. But um, yeah, that's my first takeaway from that is is that aiming is a serious part of the game, and it's also something that we have a hard time um, giving like valuable advice for. So totally yeah. legit criticism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to say, um, you know, I apologize if, if our tone has come off like that. I don't think either Robin or I have intended to have that kind of attitude. I mean, I don't know. It's like neither Robin nor I really get like some any particularly high ratio of headshots when we play this game you know mm-hmm. like I really don't I don't land that many car 98 headshots um, but you know I, I do try for them and, and I definitely do get them sometimes and I think that um, the, when I remember us really talking about headshots a lot in this game it was usually talking about the bolt action snipers mm-hmm. and I think that the point that I was trying to drive home, which maybe came off a bit condescendingly, was just that if you're going to use one of those weapons, it's just kind of no point to using them unless you're going for the headshot. So that's just a, something to clarify there. You know, if there, was, if, if there was any doubt about that, that was what I was trying to get across. Mm-hmm. If going for a headshot was just not something that I was trying to do or some, not something that I felt like I could do reliably then I would just stick to a DMR instead, or a, like, or a rifle. Mm-hmm. Because I just think that there's just no point to using a bolt-action gun. Maybe the AWM just does enough damage that you can get away with it anyway. But in my opinion, there's no point to using one of those other weapons unless you're trying to get the headshots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's certainly not easy, especially on Xbox. Um, oh, yeah. So, definitely, it's, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> It is. And I'm not, like, awesome at it either. I hope you guys don't think I'm, like, being arrogant when we say stuff like that. Because I'm definitely not landing headshots a lot when I need to. So Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. Yeah, neither am I. I definitely do think that it, it is part of getting better at this game. And I think that the people who... I think the people who are trying to get headshots more often are getting them more often. Um, and they are really devastating. So, you know, I think it's it's something to aspire to. I think I can speak for both Robin and I in saying that I think we would both like to get more headshots more of the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but definitely 
I don't just like take it for granted that anyone can reliably get headshots. And I think, you know, that, yeah, it, it is easier on the PC. I'll just go ahead and say that. It is easier. But it's, I never think of it as being easy, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I don't know how these guys do it. The people I, the streamers I watch, uh, like Foglet and Aculite and Shroud, just how quickly they're able to line up headshots. It just, it's so reliable, too. It's yeah. incredible to me. Sometimes I hope that will, like, rub off when I watch them play, but it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, like, same. pick up their style of, like, oh, I, I can, I, like, act like I can aim well and be kind of, like, cocky, and then I just, like, get owned. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think one of the things that impresses me most, I like, I see Shroud do this a lot where he'll start to spray someone, and then he'll, like, drag his aim up to their head, you know? Mm, and yes. that's just, like... That's really next level right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So someday, mm-hmm. someday I will worship at the altar long enough and I will be rewarded. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so in other news, um, we tried Islands of Nine today. It's the first day of its release. And it's had kind of a rocky start, especially right when it released. I know around lunchtime, um, things were not happy. Server sizes were super small if they were launching at all. And we tried around dinner time, and I got into one solo game, and then couldn't get into anymore. And then we came back about an hour and a half later, and we got some duos in. So yeah, we played maybe four games. One of them was kind of long. And so yeah, we just wanted to share real fast uh, what we liked and what could use improvement that we're seeing already, or just things that are different. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely exciting to have the, the new battle royale game out there, and I love the music. The interface is clean and intuitive. The general aesthetic of the game is bright and colorful, and it doesn't feel like Soviet Russia. And I noticed that the NVIDIA Shadowplay integration is pretty smooth, where with PUBG, what would happen with me, I don't know if this is global, but when I would finish a game, a highlights overlay would come up automatically over the lobby, and then I could choose the highlights I wanted and then I would click done and it would close the highlights overlay. And the way that they do it in this game, Islands of Nine, is there's a button, I think it just says NVIDIA, or maybe it says highlights, um, but it's kind of NVIDIA branded. And if you click on that, it opens up the overlay and then you can choose things. So I like that it doesn't kind of block the interface and also you can close and open it. Whereas if you close the PUBG one immediately, you can't reopen it to save your clips if you accidentally hit a wrong button or something like that, mm. which I often do. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. cool. Yeah, um, yeah. What do you think of the recoil and stuff so far? Yeah, I think, you know, I've said this before, like I'm not that stoked on the fixed recoil patterns. Mm-hmm. For me, you know, some people say that it's like a skill it increases the skill ceiling of the game because you can memorize recoil patterns. Mm -hmm. But in my opinion, I actually think that it decreases the overall skill required for the game. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think like, like in PUBG, for example, the weapons are kind of wily and a little unruly. And I think that it actually tests you more to have to play with weapons like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that what can happen in a game like this is someone will be like, okay, the P90 is my gun of choice. I'm just going to memorize the recoil pattern on it. I'm always going to use the P90, and, and that's that, you mm-hmm. know? Like, And they kind of park the bus on that aspect of the game. And I feel like 
one thing I like about PUBG is that it really just forces you to, like, you just have to get good. You know, you have to to get good with the different weapons. You have to be more proactive about your recoil control.、Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. For me, I just like that better. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm on the fence. I have never played a game that I know of that has a fixed recoil like this.、Mm. Um, it's possible that some of the Other games I play, I don't know, like Battlefield and Modern Warfare. I'm pretty sure they don't have fixed recoil. But I've, I, when I played those games, I wasn't very kind of studious about this stuff, so I never even bothered to look into it. But for, in fact, back then when I played those, I probably, if I heard about people like studying recoil patterns, I probably would have been like, "Come on, like go to life." But now I'm like so into it. <laughs> yeah. And so in the shooting range, it was really easy to identify the, the recoil pattern, of course, in this game. And that's another thing we should mention is it has a training area. Yes. Right from the get go. You can just go grab. It, you load into it in literally like two seconds,、mm-hmm. and then it, I guess maybe it depends on your HD and all that. But、um, anyway. You get in there. You can pick up any gun. You can shoot it at targets, or you can shoot it at the wall. And the recoil patterns are easy to identify, and also fairly easy to get used to. So if you start to try to compensate for it, you can keep a really tight cluster within just a few tries. I would say.、Mm. And so it's interesting because I think that both handling random recoil and handling a pattern require skill.、Mm. I think I like the detail of compensating for a particular pattern, and especially compensating for multiple patterns across different weapons. I like that. I don't know. I think that because compensating otherwise is actually pretty w- one-dimensional, where it's just it's mostly a matter of drag and how much, right?、Mm-hmm. And your gun might bounce a little bit off to one side, so you're going to naturally compensate for that. Um, which is what you're going to naturally do in this game anyway, if you don't know the recoil pattern. But I kind of like the idea of learning them and having to remember that as an extra layer of knowledge instead of just a general spray and and get feedback from where your gun's pointing and correct for it.、Mm-hmm. Um, which is one way to go about it, but and the only way to go about it in PUBG. But in this game, you have the option of actually、um, spending a little time compensating for you know deliberately. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. A lot of it just comes down to preference as well, you know. Like、um, people have noticed, like for example, there's another thing that is missing in this game, which is the lean mechanic.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, that's like a pretty big con. But a lot of people actually like it because it, it makes it feel a bit more like CS:GO. So I think that's an impression I'm developing about this game. Is this game just feels a little closer to CS:GO?、Mm. Um, seems to have taken a lot of kind of leaves out of that book,、mm-hmm. and it, it. So yeah, I think at the moment I would describe before I was describing it as like a mix of Halo and PUBG. I think now it, to me, I think it feels a bit more like a mix of PUBG and CS:GO.、Mm, yeah,、it's, and that's a big plus for people who've devoted a lot of time to CS:GO. You know, because it's it's really been a defining shooter for years. Mm-hmm. So you know that's something to recommend this game if you like that game. I I, I kind of like CS:GO, but I think I came to Counter Strike late, and it's just amazing to me that the game doesn't have aim down sights. <laughs> that is as popular as it is. There's a、yeah. lot of other things it has going for it, but it feels very outdated to、yeah. me in a way. And but it's also. 
there's a lot of advantages because it's a very clean gameplay experience mm-hmm. um, and uncomplicated. So there's fewer things to master, but there's still plenty to master there. Um, it just feels simpler, right? Mm-hmm. But I yeah. like I like all the little options. Though I will say this game it feels pared down in terms of the gameplay. Uh, there's no prone. There's no leaning. Um, there's no vaulting. Mm, yeah. Right? So all of that right there just made movement and just your body posture and how you can move and, and walk around and all that is so much simpler. And mm-hmm. it's kind of nice. You know, yeah. it just kind of, it makes you relax a little more in, in a way. So, it's true. Yeah. yeah it, it feels a little bit more arcadey, mm-hmm. a little bit closer to like the arena shooters of yesteryear, you know? Mm-hmm. And that that's kind of a takeaway for me is this does feel just a little bit more arena-y. Like the default map, it's nice and it definitely has realistic touches, but just kind of in the layout and the design of it, it does feel a little more contrived and uh, arena-y. Mm-hmm. Whereas PUBG's maps are really, really going for realism. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that does make a significant difference. Yeah. So this is, it's a bit more of like a paintball-ish kind of an experience. Yeah. Uh, which is, that's cool, you know? Yeah. I, I don't think that's a con. Agreed. Yeah, I'm glad it's not a PUBG clone where it's just everything's the same, but maybe slightly better, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, that would be boring. So definitely, I would, I would appreciate it on one level, but I don't think it would actually draw all the, the, the players if it was just a clone, um, right? Even if it was a little better in some ways. Agreed. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, something that Robin turned me on to that I was appreciating is that you don't take fall damage in this game. And so I think that that encourages kind of a ballsy style of play, which is really cool. Um, mm-hmm. And also the jumping pads definitely add an interesting element to it. Mm-hmm. So, and as Robin learned, you can actually be quite vulnerable in midair. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, you don't have a lot of free movement, and when you're up in the air, so yeah, if someone's watching your trajectory, they can easily line up the shots. So I w- I went up on one of the launch pads that went up onto a roof. It was just a vertical one, essentially. And someone was waiting on the roof right next to it and just waited for me to pop up in the air like a clay pigeon and just blasted me. Like, <laughs> at the peak of my jump, I was dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah, just a few more things. I really like the, the melee slash throwing knife mechanic. I think that's something that's a really inspired choice for this game. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who haven't seen it, you start out with a knife. That's your basic melee weapon. It does a lot of damage, by the way. I shanked someone in my first round, and I'm pretty sure it was just a one-hit kill. Whoa. Um, maximum two hits. If it was two hits, they happen very quickly. Okay. So That's good news. Actually. Yes. Because yeah. the, oh my god, the melee battles in PUBG. Ah, uh, painful. Just shoot me, like painful. literally, like get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Like I wish they would just get it over with and kill me, and not like <laughs> let me run around and try to land a shot. Like I don't know how they do hit detection with melee, but it is it's very particular. Yeah. In PUBG. So. Yeah, it's like the hit detection is like literally exactly where your weapon is, which of course is more realistic. But, you know, that coupled with the delay, like the swinging your arm delay and movement and stuff really does make it feel almost impossible. Mm-hmm. So 
yeah and in this game it feels a lot closer to the melee that you'd get in in a lot of other games where like you're like i was close i was aiming at them i swung my weapon and it hit them right, you know it just right. it feels kind of obvious good yeah, yeah that's good i know it's like PUBG melee feels like a bad dream right? <laughs> you're like you're in a dream and and someone's trying to like beat up your girlfriend or whatever and you like try to fight them and like your arms move super slow and they don't move where you want them to and the guy's just laughing at you the whole time and <laughs> yeah that is how PUBG melee feels to me you nailed it man that's exactly what you want a game to feel like (laughs) yeah definitely couldn't have said it bad to myself um just another point i wanted to make the weapon balance feels good to me in this game so far like uh, the pistols in particular they all seem pretty lethal um it just seems easier to they seem a bit more accurate and they handle better yeah um and you know it has some hard hitters like the desert eagle which i think are really viable weapons Mm -hmm. there's something about the sights and aiming down the sights that makes it feel like you know really well when you're on target yes i don't know if if that has to do with the player models or what i don't i maybe the gun feels a little closer to your face Mm -hmm. i'm not sure but it does it does feel like you know when you're gonna hit and when you're gonna miss whereas with PUBG, i feel like i'm kind of spamming and i'm not i might I always have a fuzzy certainty around whether or not I'm hitting or missing, mm-hmm. um, which isn't true for this game. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts? That's it for now. We're cool. going to probably play it a lot, or I'm going to try to play it a lot this week and maybe revisit it next week. Got a new game to talk about. I know, I'm, man. I'm stoked. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And of course, um, in other news, this, this other Battle Royale game, Fear the Wolves, is coming out July 18th, so that's just six days from now. Mm-hmm. Do you know much about this game? I've watched a couple trailers, and it has a more PUBG-ish aesthetic, kind of realistic. It's a little dimmer and, and grimier, and doesn't seem to be as many buildings and urban landscapes. It's more wildernessy with small sets of buildings from what I've seen so far. Mm. Uh, but my knowledge is far from comprehensive. And basically the idea is it's set in Chernobyl and there's radioactive contamination. And I don't know if that's always affecting your player, but um, and there's wolves. So it's kind of PVE or player versus environment mm. plus the battle okay. royale element. And the huh. PVE is is I think the circle might be radiation that's coming in and killing you. And then also you have to worry about wolves in the game. And I'm not sure if the wolves are the circle or the radiation. I don't know. But basically, if you can get killed by wolves, which is cool. Yeah, I dig it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I this is something it. that's been missing from Battle Royale so far as the PvE. Yeah. And I think that that's a really cool and unexplored space. So I applaud them for that. I agree. I, yeah. I think it'd be cool... I mean, PUBG already has... Well, that's not true. They don't have AI zombies. But it'd be fun to see a kind of zombie battle royale mode, mm, right? Yeah. So, mm, I love that. Mm-hmm. In yeah. fact, it, it, one one way to twist it would be if any player that gets killed can be turned into a zombie. Oh, or, or might dude. automatically turn into one after like a, a certain timeout. 
Um, and maybe the person that kills him could do, uh, they would have to do extra work to like dismember the body or something after they kill him to make sure they don't come back. <laughs> yeah. So there's like downing someone, killing someone, and then dismembering them. There's like three stages <laughs> to death. Yeah. Like maybe you'd have to, you'd have to get a melee weapon and you'd have to go through a certain process, you know? Yeah. That's a really cool idea. So yeah, Fear the Wolves. I don't know. We'll keep an eye on that. If we're feeling excited about it, maybe we'll buy that and try it too. But I think for me, I'm going to be sticking to Islands of Nine for the moment. You know, don't don't want to get too carried away. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, I love this zombie idea. I keep thinking about it now. Like, if what if you died and you got turned into a zombie? Maybe that would be one of the mechanics to turn other players into zombies. Is like you go find corpses and can like zombify them. You know, like <laughs> ah, <laughs> I could okay. just see like that'd be a one way to keep your squad like in the game. Uh huh. Right. I think that's a freaking fantastic idea, mm-hmm. you know, because, like, I love the idea that in any given round of PUBG, or just whatever game it is, like, the zombies could win, you know? Ooh. Like, I love the idea that, like, the zombies could organize properly and they could try to, like, catch the last player. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I just think that's such a great idea. <laughs> just saying... When it's time for them to hire us, we'll be ready. Yep. Let's move on to talking about some current events in PUBG. Okay. So, um, the Xbox has a massive patch coming to the test server and it's basically the xbox's version of the major like weapon rebalance patch that we got on the pc which had the murado on miramar it had like all of the new grips the slr the 3x and the 6x scopes um i mean this it was totally game changing when it hit the pc and you know i can only imagine that it's game changing on the xbox too Mm-hmm. So that's really exciting. Um, and, you know, we we covered this in a lot of detail in some of our previous episodes, so we're not going to go back and just, you know, kind of rehash all of the same stuff that we said about that. Well, what I'll do is um, I'll put the link to those previous episodes in our show notes for this week, and then you guys can basically just hear what we had to say about it then. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, you know, it's pretty much the same stuff. There are a few things, though. This patch is like that patch for us on the PC, but bonus. So, for example, um, they've implemented the M24 as a world spawn mm-hmm. change. So, and of course, lowered the damage like they did on the PC. Yeah. Um, that's so, great. that's really cool. Yeah. And they also implemented the grenade improvements, which we got more recently on the PC. Wow. So, that includes. Um, you know, making frags heavier, uh, increasing the effectiveness of Molotovs, raising the damage of frags a little bit, um, modifying, you know, the fact that they don't kill you via fall damage anymore. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And then they also added killer spectation, which I don't remember whether that came with this patch on the PC or not, but hmm. regardless, it's, it's just, you know, another exciting thing. Yeah. What's this that you put in here about a new DMR, Robin? Oh, right. So it looks like 
if and I haven't seen this myself, but I saw a post in Reddit about it earlier today. Oh, okay. Where someone took a screenshot of the description of an extended mag for DMRs in PUBG, mm. and in the description it lists the weapons that you can use it on, and it it listed like the usual suspects like SKS, mini, and SLR, and it also listed the um, what is it called Q. QBU. QBU. Yeah. Which is a gun that's common in, in other games. It's a DMR. And so that just seems like kind of an, someone messed up. Yeah. <laughs> and like they're going to be coming out with this weapon. I don't know how, honestly, like that sequence of development would get scrambled where <laughs> someone would update the magazine before actually they add the gun to the game is mm. kind of baffling to me and maybe insightful into their development process mm-hmm. <laughs> that that could slip out to um because usually when a team is working on a feature like a new weapon like those things would be clustered together and people wouldn't really like they, they would be part of it, their own branch of development and the idea of those branches like leaking in the one another actually to me insinuates a lot about kind of disorganization in terms of how they organize their coding teams Hmm. (laughs) however it it, the other possible explanation is that it was a kind of hinty easter egg um that hey this this thing's coming so Mm -hmm. who knows pure speculation um i hope they do add it just because it'd be a new gun hopefully on all maps too um yeah but that's something we don't know much about but it could happen yeah 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 also just moving on to the PC patch, um, there's a little mini patch, 17.1, which is interesting because they don't usually release patch notes for a .1 release, anything less than a whole number, but they did for this one. And mostly it was aim fixes um, and bug fixes. They, they fixed some aiming issues with the ump and also with the crossbow. But they also added a note from the team at the end of the notes and I was kind of impressed with this. It's it's maybe turning a new leaf for them. And it's two short paragraphs that I actually just want to read just because it to me it highlights maybe a change in what they're they're trying to do in terms of communication. So I'll just read that real fast. It says, Our goal is to always work to give you a better Battle Royale experience. To deal with that, we know that we have to ship more performance improvements and additional bug fixes. We agree with the criticisms of the game that many of you have made recently, including comments that our efforts need to be more effective and that the game still needs more improvement. We greatly appreciate this feedback and know that all of it comes from a place of support for lo- and love for PUBG. <laughs> I love that. Right now, we're developing new plans to resolve various problems facing PUBG, prioritizing server performance, client-side performance, anti-cheat, and bugs. While we'll continue to shipping new content and preparing for PGI over the next few weeks, we intend to have more concrete info to share about these plans shortly after PGI is over. Our dev team is doing their best to make sure that our plans are well laid and can announce meaningful and detailed changes. We love PUBG as much as you do, and we'll continue doing everything possible to improve the game. Thanks for playing, your friends at PUBG Corp. So Nice. Yeah, I think that this is like communication 101 for me, which is true for personal communication as well as professional, which is basically when somebody is telling you that there's a problem with something you're doing, like the first step when, in your response should be to repeat to them what, what they said the problems 
were or was <laughs> and so that's what i'm hearing from them is like we hear you you guys see these as problems and we see them as problems as well just acknowledging that there is growth to be had in the game in these areas of, of performance in particular and bug fixes so yeah i just thought that was a good move yeah, and that's cool it's we have seen a slowdown in development lately and it's probably due to event pass but also to pgi and neither of those are important to me and so it just kind of feels like the game is standing still from a development perspective but hopefully we see things pick back up after these are over i appreciate that um they call that uh, generative communication where it's like your first step is acknowledging that there's an issue and then mm-hmm. the next step is addressing it it is really important people want to be heard you know mm-hmm. they want to feel like they're being heard mm-hmm. especially when things are so obviously broken you know it's not subjective a lot of this stuff really is just broken so yeah it's it's an important step and i'm glad that they're doing it and i also feel like that short list that they identified there were really the major areas of problems with the game so mm-hmm. glad that they're working on that let's talk about Something that this has created a lot of controversy in the community and there's a lot of speculation around whether this was a mistake or whether it was actually something that was done on purpose for various reasons. But Shroud, PUBG's golden boy, Mm -hmm. was recently banned for an entire month. No, Shroud! Shroud! Yeah, now, initially I thought this just seems like a really stupid and tone deaf thing to do yeah basically the shot the synopsis of what happened is that there was a stream sniper on shroud's stream who had a flying car hack so he was just flying around at like 250 kilometers an hour in a car and shroud even killed him a couple of times and was just like what the hell is this you know and then finally was just like you know this person's in my game let's see what this hack is all about so, you know, he and Wadu got in the car and they asked the person in the car to go and pick him up some equipment. And basically PUBG said that this was teaming slash cheating and they banned Shroud. Mm. Yeah. Now, I, what, what do you, what's your initial reaction to that, Robin? My first reaction is that PUBG should hire Shroud as the anti-hack. <laughs> because... He can even kill cheaters, and that's exactly what PUBG should be doing in the meantime before they fix it software-wise, is just hire assassins to go into all the servers and find the cheaters and kill them. Nice. Yes. I love it. All right? Yep. Also, I just love this issue. I think that it's it's a very interesting kind of ethical issue. I th- Right off the bat, I'm just going to say, I think when you disclose your policies to the public and tell them the things they can and cannot do and someone as high profile as shroud breaks one of those rules uh, kind of overtly you have very little choice but to ban them i don't know i doubt it's public and official how much time they have to ban them for i think 30 days is too long and is shooting themselves in the foot because he brings a lot of attention continued attention to the game um when i can't play and I'm in a situation where I still want to like see what's going on in PUBG land, I'll watch Shroud. I'll like look up his YouTube videos along with some other people's. And they've just put themselves in a situation where they both have slow development going on, so the game itself isn't really having any interesting changes. And people also don't have as much interesting content because they're not being able to watch Shroud play, which is so fun to do. 
And so, kind of a bad call there. Well, yeah. I'll jump in here by saying people have been speculating that it wasn't such an accident them banning Shroud for 30 days. Some people have been saying that A, he's been, his attention's been kind of wandering anyway. Like, and I've noticed this, he's been playing more Rainbow Six. Mm-hmm. He's just been playing more other games in general. Mm-hmm. And so some people are kind of wondering if it's a way for PUBG Corp to save a bit of face and just be like, yeah, don't play our game for a oh month. Oh my God, you know? please. Um, which is, it's kind of a conspiracy theory. You know, it also, like, gives them... Maybe it just, like, takes the public eye off of them for a little while, which I guess is not something you would necessarily want to do. But if they had some kind of comeback plan in mind, then maybe it makes sense from a PR perspective. I don't think so. Like, I don't... Yeah, I know. It's a hard sell for me, too. I don't think so. What's, what's funny to me is, like, first of all, that's so backhanded and wrong. And I, don't, I think it would if someone did make that decision then it is the wrong decision and because anyone who brings attention continued attention to the game is an asset as far as i'm concerned unless they are just totally negative all the time which shout definitely isn't i could see he's definitely him hawing like any player who plays a lot of this game has been just because you you run into some of the kind of rougher parts of it pretty frequently but as as far as like compare compare shroud to the comments in steam Okay, like yeah. he's got a pretty like relatively compared to a lot of of the mentality we see out there around the game, pretty positive like easygoing understanding outlook on it, from what I've seen. But I will also say that it it seems kind of low for the PUBG Corp to ban somebody for basically caving. Shroud was repeatedly being confronted by these hackers, and basically. They're trying to have some kind of moral high ground here. It kind of feels that way anyway, where they're saying, oh, but you're supposed to, even though we haven't fixed the cheats, and even though people have been able to do this pretty continuously for the past several months, it's still the player's responsibility to stay within the rules of the game, even though people are breaking them all the time. And it's on the player. If they succumb to the temptation to have some fun with these cheats, and I just think that's kind of shitty. I don't know. I, I feel like it's, it, it feels like they're, they're shifting responsibility in a way. Like, to me, it's like, if, if you have cheats that are present in a game for six months plus, and as long as a, Shroud didn't download the cheat. No, exactly. You know, but he plays the game so much. Like, I understand why he did what he did. And Definitely. You know, I also understand, and he knows. He's no dummy. He knows that he was taking a risk. And, and he was saying as much when he did so. And, you know, I, it just feels heavy-handed and I don't know. Yeah. You know, I could definitely just see someone at PUBG Corp being like, hey, we saw you did that. Just want to warn you not to do it again. You know, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it was clearly, you know, just in terms of like Shroud and his audience and his experience of the game, he was like, well, there's this stupid thing happening in my game. I'm going to turn around and make it something entertaining. Which, by the way, is something that Shroud's been doing the whole time he's been playing this game. Like, think about how many stream snipers he has to deal with, right? Mm -hmm. And he could just be like, you know, fuck this game. It's really annoying. I hate having to deal with these people all. Like, every... Just imagine. It's like... 
it's the video game equivalent of being like Michael Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. Where you just, you can't go anywhere without getting mobbed with a bunch of idiots, mm-hmm. right? So like every single time Shroud logs into this game and drops, there's like 10 to 20, you know, assholes just lining up trying to get yep. a cheap shot in at him, right? Which he puts up with extremely well. He, he Yeah, he just does such a good job <laughs> with it, right? I cannot believe right? this guy's patience. I know. And so, and so it's no wonder now that he has a relationship with Wadu, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or any of his other stream snipers because he's, he's taken something that is annoying and turned it into something entertaining, right? Mm-hmm. And people, his audience appreciate this and he's actually creating culture in the game right and so i see this instance is on that continuum of shroud taking kind of an eye-raising unresolved issue in this game and turning it into something fun and entertaining Mm -hmm. and i don't think that he should be punished for doing that Mm -hmm. especially because it's not it's not egregious he wasn't using the hack himself he didn't do it the first time you know what i mean yeah i just i kind of feel like he deserves a pass for that one yeah 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 I'm I'm a total like Shroud fanboy now, <laughs> and I think it. I don't think this is going to hurt him at all. I no. think it could very well help him in some ways, um, depending on how PUBG develops. But there's a lot of exciting stuff happening in gaming now, and there will be into the fall and and beyond. And it's allowing Shroud to actually shift his focus. I've been frankly surprised from kind of a business standpoint why he's been focused on this game as long as he has. And as a content creator who has the skills that he has, um, I'm surprised he hasn't moved on to other stuff. And I think he's actually going to get a wider viewer base by exploring some of these other games. Um, Do you think so? Yes. See, uh, and he's going to bring his current player base with him or his current viewer base. Some of them. Yeah. I'm speaking for myself partially because I initially watched him because of PUBG. And now I'm, I'm not... I'm interested in watching him play that, but I'm interested in watching him play anything now. Yeah. Right? So that's wh- that's where I'm looking, is I want to see Shroud play different things, partially because it's enjoyable to watch him and his skill, but also I just want to see how he plays the other games I play, things like that. So, right. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I agree with you there. I mean, my theory as to why he's still playing PUBG is my guess is that he just still gets more stream viewers playing PUBG. Mm. And probably because he doesn't he doesn't want to play the f bomb, you know. Because clearly, if he you know if he turned his sights on that game, he could probably get even more viewers. But mm-hmm. it just seems like something that I mean, he has yeah. he's played that game. I mean, we've but... seen Fuglet go there. And yeah, like I I actually kind of fell off the Fuglet. I did too. Because yeah. of that, I did too. He yeah. lost me, you know. Yeah. And so I think as much as Shroud is a trendsetter, and as much as he has a very established audience. Um, he has to be careful. You know, he knows that PUBG is his base. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not... It's not something that you mess with lightly, you know? But, I mean, I agree. You know, PUBG is not going to be the, the darling forever. And there are going to be new games that come along. And Shroud's going to play those games. And, you know, his audience will want to play those games and watch him play those games too. Mm-hmm. So, it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that that explains some of why he stayed with it. Wow, I have so much to say about Shroud, apparently. Holy (laughs) shit. (laughs) 
There's like so much of our episode so far. We haven't gotten anywhere near the main topic. It's all been like cultural context and like what's what the state of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that this is actually a good segue, you know, mm-hmm. because because uh, we are kind of talking about the relevance of PUBG at the moment mm-hmm. and the culture around it. So, uh, why don't you give us an overview of this, Robin? Of the main topic? Yeah. So, the main topic is we're asking the question: Does PUBG suck? And I think as an outside observer, if, if someone who knew nothing about PUBG and went on the internet and read about it, they would just be like, God, everyone hates this game. <laughs> Why would anyone True. play this? It sounds like garbage. Yeah. And of course, you know, negativity is pretty loud on the internet. Everyone knows that. But um, what we want to do is kind of take a step back and look at some of the common criticisms of the game and also look at kind of what makes this game engaging and whether or not it's still engaging and kind of what that the battle of kind of good parts versus bad kind of light versus dark right now in the state of the game and whether or not you know whether or not it sucks and if we're suckers we're playing it still essentially (laughs) right yeah and yeah i look forward i don't know exactly where this conversation is going to go to be honest but i i think it's it just feels like this kind of weird place in the development of the game where this game could very well be dead in five months, you know, mm, or mm. it could be awesome. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's a tender moment in my relationship with the game, mm-hmm. but it feels like a tender moment for the game. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe it's because there are these other battle royale games that are getting a lot of hype in their development. And there are a lot of battle royale games um, that are coming to the market. So, you know, it's like PUBG had had a pretty clear lead six months ago mm-hmm. and the the notion is that that lead is dwindling quickly mm-hmm. so i think this brings me to one of the first major criticisms that people have of PUBG, which is that it's just not a triple a title mm-hmm. and what we talk about with triple a games is games developed by really really large and you know heavily experienced game studios and studios that have you know years of experience making and shipping successful shooter games mm-hmm. so you know a lot of people hold PUBG up against other games like this in a negative light now i think PUBG very clearly doesn't for example have like the visual polish that a lot of other AAA games have um and people also you know they they kind of trash on PUBG's performance code and its net code how legitimate do you think that those criticisms really are? The netcode criticisms? Well, okay, let's start let's start with visual polish. Ooh. <laughs> I know you you've <laughs> you're someone who's often been critical of the visual style of this game. Dude, the first time I loaded up like Battlefield 4, I was just like my breath was taken away. I was like, "Holy shit." Like there's stuff floating around in the wind that has it's like wafting like like papers like curling around and the the acoustics and everything about the game like before i even got into battle i was just like wow i'm in a totally different place and it, this place feels very real to me and it, it it was cool to be there um with PUBG, i i think i i, I mean it's been a while since i've played the playstation but like <laughs> it definitely felt like I was back to like PlayStation level mm. textures and and granted 
this game it faces challenges visually because it's a very performant uh performance intensive game yes so i run it on pretty low settings and i can't I can't run it on higher settings without a lot of um, performance lag and so right and stuttering. So, you know, I but I think that's a that's a fair caveat. You know, like if if the yeah. game runs badly and you have to put it on low graphic settings on a pretty on a like middle of the road gaming system, right? Yeah, like mine's not a shitty system. It's no. not top end either, but it's definitely a very. I can play a lot of AAA games on pretty good settings without a problem. Well, let's talk about that though because. Mm-hmm. I okay. People criticize the performance of PUBG, right? Mm-hmm. And it's undeniable that it, it struggles to perform. But I mean, let's be fair. Like none of these other titles are trying to render like sixty-four square kilometers of a map and a hundred players all at once. You know, mm-hmm. like they're not. No one else is doing that. Maybe Armor is doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, but like it's just it's kind of an unprecedented technical challenge and it just makes me wonder if people are being too harsh on it you know yeah Uh, it's like you code that you know oh exactly (laughs) like show me someone who's really solved that issue and you know maybe this current crop of battle royale games in development are solving that we're about to find out yeah exactly and i think we're gonna it's gonna be really interesting to see how the battlefield franchise and call of duty franchise deals with it yeah um and it seems like they might even just off the bat have lower player counts of of maybe 64 players uh at least for call of duty is is the speculation currently Mm -hmm. i've never seen i think the the largest battlefield games that are available and normal servers are 64 players so that's up there it's still not 100 and the maps Mm -hmm. of course are smaller substantially smaller they're small but they're huge like these things i don't ah, i bet they're about a 20th of the size yeah something like that i don't know someone could do the math but um they're big battlefield maps are big yeah and and actually interestingly battlefield the hit registration i think is map wide whereas there is a cutoff in PUBG. so you can actually send a, a sniper bullet across the entire map in battlefield which bullets only go up to about a kilometer in PUBG, like mm. 970 meters before mm-hmm. they just disappear. Yeah. So, and I don't know. Oh, it just hit the ground, right? I mean... No, they just, like, stop going. Like Really? Yeah. They just disappear? Well, huh. you know what? Players disappear after 970 meters. But maybe... Maybe the bullets keep going past that bubble. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I, I might be conflating those two things. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I just I think that PUBG catches a lot of heat for netcode and performance, and it's not that those things aren't happening. Like I get it, but I just I really I don't actually know whether those are technical issues that are really solvable at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, or at least solvable to the level of perfection that we would like for them to be. Maybe. You know, maybe. Okay, so here's my my take on that: is if you design a game that fundamentally cannot run at a satisfactory and performant level, then you need to redesign the game, mm, right? Okay, that's unless fair. unless the server architecture or or client side code that they're developing, if they truly believe that what they're developing is is something that will actually remedy it then I could see holding on to the 100-player model. Because I think player count is a big thing here. 
Um, but I think it would be. I think we would see higher player satisfaction if they just limited it to say 75 players Hmm. and maybe they'll get their performance issues figured out and be able to knock it back up to 100 but in the meantime it's not good for them to have people seeing a lot of early game desync before those kind of first 25 players or so get knocked out of the game and granted their maps would be significantly quieter with that many players and so it's it's kind of interesting i think maybe this is one of the pitfalls of doing an early access release is that they might end up committing to a model that isn't that good which is i Mm, think maybe the case here right because aaron gall is a bit it's a big map and you need 100 players to make it engaging now what they should have done i think with miramar is actually produced a map something like sandhawk to, to really troubleshoot the the design fundamentally yeah the design of the game um and i feel like they kind of locked themselves into some d- design decisions and the ways of thinking about the game that they should have been experimenting with more and it's it's clear that they have learned a little bit by doing sandhawk but we're still seeing the early desync issues so they haven't played with player count which i think is is probably the main driver of that problem so it's yeah. kind of mystifying to me how they haven't kind of identified that um, as a, a kind of short term like Sandhawk could be an 80 player map mm. and it wouldn't it wouldn't make that map suck yeah well and we, you know we've seen games on Arangol where we f- for whatever reason you only drop with 80 people and that's fine you know mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. really it's you know maybe the game's a little slower but it's, it really doesn't change that much mm-hmm. so yeah that's a really compelling point like and I think maybe the reason they haven't changed the player count is because a hundred people is just very iconic for PUBG. It's, and I think you're right. They've kind of locked themselves into that as a stylistic choice, mm-hmm. um, and maybe they regret it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. So okay, I'm gonna switch over to defending PUBG here again, and I think that one of the reasons people keep coming back to this game is that the shooting is so satisfying, and really. I haven't played another game ever in which killing someone feels as good as it does in PUBG. Mm. So I think that that's really something. And a lot of people say this. They're like, oh, you know, I tried X, Y, and Z game, but the shooting keeps bringing me back. The gunplay keeps me coming back to Mm -hmm. PUBG. So uh, what do you think about that assertion? I'm kind of stuck on the point you made about the satisfaction of getting kills, mm-hmm. which I think is partially gunplay, which I agree is really good, um, but also the stress that is accompanying each interaction in this game mm-hmm. as like each moment is a survival moment. And yeah. like that's something I haven't really felt in a lot of other games as strongly as I feel in this one. And so I think that's really awesome i think that the stress that that introduces is actually one of the reasons we see so much rage about this game and so this is kind of a Mm, side point is like that stress is actually like literally being carried with people and like help like make them form very strong opinions about the rougher aspects of the game um i don't know that's just that's just my own kind of armchair psychological take on it but um, as far as the gunplay goes, totally agree. Awesome. I love like the leading with snipers and controlling recoil with ARs and submachine guns and seeing the bullet spread of a shotgun hit the wall 
and just all of that. It feels great. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really does. And I also think something that a lot of people don't talk about as much, which I think really matters, is just that the weapons, they look good, they sound good, mm-hmm. they just feel good. Mm-hmm. And like even... You know, like playing Islands of Nine, for example, the weapons are fine. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm not critical of any of them, but I don't get that feeling. Like in PUBG, every weapon feels unique to me. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Ump feels so different from the Vector, which yeah. feels so different from the Tommy Gun, right? Right. I mean, okay, I guess the five, five, six rifles can they start to get a little samey in this game? Yeah, but. There's just something so satisfying about downing someone with a double barrel shotgun. And there's just, you know, and the AK is so satisfying. And there's there's something they got right there. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. like this combination of the weapons feel meaty. The weapons feel dangerous. Mm -hmm. They sound dangerous. And whenever you get a hit with one, you just feel like, oh, yes, that was great. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's something that, you know, like, like when I play CSGO or when I play other shooters... A lot of the weapons just feel semi-interchangeable for me, Mm -hmm. or I almost don't care what weapon I have. Like, a good example, when I'm playing Rainbow Six, and I have to choose my loadout, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, uh, all of these SMGs look the same to me. I totally agree with you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They have different iron sights, but you hardly ever use them anyway, Uh right? And as far as the performance of the different guns, I mean, I'm sure... Honestly, I bet you and I just haven't logged enough hours to could really be. care. Yeah, to it could notice. Be. But there's also a lot more guns in that game to keep track of. Right. Which I think makes it harder to care when you're casually playing. So that's a that's a different thing. But one thing I'll notice too, or, or note, is that the one thing about the gunplay in PUBG that's always felt a bit awkward to me is when you aim down sights, the gun compared to other games actually seems like it's kind of far from your face Mm, and interesting i think because of that it it makes it awkward to line up especially with iron sights and maybe maybe with any site actually particularly lower zoom or red dot sites where and this is definitely noticeable i think particularly with smgs and pistols where i think tracking players when you're when you're aiming just feels really awkward to me and i've I've never quite been able to put my finger on why Mm. but it might be might have to do with player movement combined with the apparent distance and therefore the small sights of the gun um and the way it's kind of held away from you um Hmm. a lot of games will like the hindsight is like in your face right and it's kind of blurred out and the foresight is kind of big and prominent and well-defined and it just doesn't feel that that clean to me in, in PUBG. It never really has. So hmm. I think it adds this kind of awkward level that it makes it even more gratifying when you're successful. <laughs> right. Right? But it feels pretty frustrating when you're not. So just yeah. the thing. And that's true. I think that you highlight a good point, which is that like something a kill feeling satisfying doesn't necessarily mean that the game got it right you know Mm -hmm. it's more that like you feel like you triumphed over the game yes and so and i i think that there is a lot of that going on in PUBG. it's almost like in spite of the imperfections of this game and in spite of how random it is 
I came out on top. Totally. I mean, that, that could be an alternative title for this episode is Players versus PUBG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you feel there are wins in this game where you feel like you got away with something. Yeah. You know? And I think, you know, as cheap as that is, it's really satisfying. Mm-hmm. Like, you feel like you beat the system, right? Mm-hmm. And I think in a lot of other games, you're like, I won because I was the best. But I feel like a lot of times in PUBG, it, it just it feels lucky. And you feel special, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I think it's not perfect, but I do think the shooting mechanics are a huge part of the reason why people like this game. Mm-hmm. What else on this list of things we've identified are you excited to talk about? Well, just the whole where, where PUBG sits in terms... All the games available as a game design, uh, PUBG definitely stands out. And, you know, that's, that's what has drawn people to it. It's a new style of gameplay, Battle Royale. Something that it just defies a lot of the kind of routines and patterns that, frankly, were pushing me away from games for a mm. long time. I was mm. actually drifting away from gaming as well before PUBG came out. It's kind of weird to think about. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, literally, I would play hours and hours of like Battlefield and, and um, Call of Duty. And when I would go to bed at night, the types of things that would be going through my mind, like the replays, it's literally just over and over, running, aiming down sight, running, turning a corner, aiming down sight, and shooting, <laughs> running, turning a corner, aiming down sight, and shooting. Just over and over and over. And it just kind of gets boring. And PUBG, the routine of the game is so different and varied that it's not boring. I don't know. It's just, it's not the yeah. same thing. Like, how many times can you do an arcadey, fast-paced, frenetic shooter? You know, mm-hmm. before, like, you know, they were just trying to get innovative by adding, like, slides and wall running and anti-gravity stuff and mechs and things like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you're just doing the same game modes with some new gimmicks, it's it gets boring. Yeah. You, f- you start feeling dissatisfied. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you're definitely highlighting one of the things that I think is the most amazing about PUBG is that it's full of novel situations. And there are so many times in the game where you think, I've never been here before. I've never done this before. I've never fought in this building before. Um, I've never killed someone like that before. Yeah. You know? Or like, oh, I ran three people over with my buggy this game. Like, right. I'm having a lot of fun, you know? Yep. So I, I think that that's, that's part of the promise of an open world game. And I think that PUBG's really delivered on that. And, you know, a lot of people have said that the bugginess kind of adds to that. Mm, So as frustrating as it can get, it also creates these magical moments. Agreed. You know? So, yeah, I I think, I don't know, I think that shouldn't be discounted, just how unique each game of PUBG can feel. Now, of course, again, on the other side, though, when you get tired of something in PUBG, I think you get tired of it harder than you do in other games. Like, for example, I'm just so sick of waiting one minute in the lobby for my game to start. Mm. I'm so sick of it. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it feels... I like, I watch the player count go up to 97, and then the one minute timer starts. And I'm like, we had, like, the game's full. Why aren't we starting? Mm -hmm. You know, why do we have this arbitrary one minute wait to get in? Right, Right, right. And so there's just a bunch of stuff like that where it just feels like... I've been trying to get better recently, and so I've been dropping a Paradise Resort on Sandhawk a lot. Yeah. And 
it's really fun like fighting there is really fun hot drops there are really fun mm -hmm. but you know what sucks is like getting killed three times in a row without killing anyone else and then having to wait like three minutes to get back in yeah that really sucks yeah the, the gameplay to like waiting ratio starts to go down dramatically if exactly. you're trying to get better in hot drop it can be a grind yeah yeah and it's yeah and and that's the thing and and that's what i was doing the other night is i was like i'm loving the game i'm loving like you know and it's even fun like okay i got owned and i didn't kill anyone but i still had fun mm -hmm. but just waiting you know being like i spent two minutes in the game and three minutes out and two minutes in and three minutes out and it just wore on me man i just i really wanted to play something else yeah and what i really wanted the the else that i wanted to play was PUBG without three minute wait you yes, know yes, <laughs> i yes, just wanted yes. to get back in yeah so you know that that's an example of the kind of thing that a lot of other games don't deal with mm -hmm. you know yeah the game it could afford to have other game modes as 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 defining as battle royale is to the game i mean they've done they're doing war mode or whatever and customs which is fun, and they've definitely improved that mode. I don't know if we mentioned this before, but they took out world loot, which is awesome. So you can actually oh, do that's cool. thematic uh, yeah. weapon themes. Yeah. So you can just do pistols, and you don't worry about people picking up an M4 and just flooring you. Right. Um, that's great. So that's it's a good alternative if you go in for the gunplay stuff. Um, there still is, you, you, like, the spawning is a little slow, but it's not that bad. Usually it's 30 seconds max and then you're dropping and you're back in the in the game so that's one thing i'll say about that but if you're trying to do battle royale which in my opinion is a lot more fun yeah than war mode then yeah it does feels like a drag yeah feels like a drag totally mm -hmm. there's just like some other other things that are kind of silly about this game we robin and i had kind of an epic conversation last night where we went over a lot of just interesting ideas for this game mm -hmm. and one of the things that we were talking about a lot is that for a game that has so many different types of interactions a lot of the physics haven't been worked out mm -hmm. and so like robin you were talking about how silly it is to like fall down a sloped hill and die right yeah yeah T talk to us about that well <laughs> it's funny because we just have kind of i've taken it for granted for a while where it's like, oh yeah, that's a steep slope. If I walk up to it, I might slide to my death. Like, I just know that and have internalized it. Like, that seems like a part of reality that I've accepted. And then I was just reflecting on it last night. Because it happens in Miramar a lot. And I give them credit because it doesn't really happen in Sandhawk. I think there might be a couple places where it could happen. But generally, they, they were smarter about the way they built the hills there. And it just kind of looks ridiculous when you step back and look at it. A player is upright sliding down a hill and then they take fall damage when they hit a part of the hill that's less sloped and there's and just, just so many other die, ways that you could right? represent that right yeah. and, and oftentimes you die from it yeah and so i think that it it feels pretty helpless when you're in that moment sliding down a hill in a vertical like upright position like to me if if they're gonna have you slide down a hill maybe add a sound effect of like slight grinding feet on dirt right yeah. and it would it would simulate a player losing control but it shouldn't give you full fall damage no it shouldn't and that would be bare minimum 
And what they could even do from that is allow your player to do different things to alter the outcome of that situation. Yeah. So if I was literally sliding down, say, a scree field on the side of a mountain and was losing control, I could choose to, like, duck and roll with the hill, which is probably a bad idea, frankly, um, unless I'm wearing a good helmet, which I would be in PUBG. And the other thing you could do is lie down and try to stop yourself. Uh, by getting flat and creating a lot of surface area with the with the ground, uh, which is a, probably a better option. And so both of those things are easily implementable with crouch and prone, and it would give the player a lot more control over what's happening. Now, I'm not saying those are freebies and that they wouldn't take a significant amount of development and testing, but um, it certainly would would give the 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 player more options and, and kind of meaningful choices to make when things don't go the way they were planning. So, yeah. Yeah, agreed. This game asks a lot of physics questions that a lot of other games don't. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool. Yes. But it also means that they need to figure out the physics, you know? So, like, another thing that still happens too much in this game is you get out of a car that's traveling, like, 10 miles an hour and you die. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. And it's just like, okay, maybe you would die if it was going 60, right? But, like, you you just wouldn't otherwise, you know? Uh-huh. This wouldn't happen. Um, or, you know, motorcycles blowing up, like, like a five-mile-an-hour collision with a wall and your motorcycle blows up. Mm-hmm. It's just the kind of shit that doesn't actually happen. Mm-hmm. And to still have it be happening in this game is pretty frustrating, Yeah, you know? Another thing that's been bothering me a lot lately is that the inherent limitedness of the proning mechanic and i was talking about this last night where like if you are on some uneven rocks in real life and and some you know someone started shooting a gun at you you'd damn well throw yourself down on them and it would hurt you know you'd take some damage but like you would do it and the fact that that there are many places in this game where you just can't go prone i think is kind of unforgivable you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i've died so many times just being like why can't i prone i'm trying to prone oh i'm Mm -hmm. dead Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and i just feel like it's again it's i'm not saying that it's a negligible problem to solve but i think it's a problem that needs to get solved (laughs) it honestly seems like it should be (laughs) i mean literally we're talking about a player model the reason you can't prone on a hill is because your your player model would have to be angled, which I've never seen the player model be angled in any way whatsoever in this game, which no. is just mind-blowing to me. I think the only time is when you're in a car and it's flipping. Yeah. Right? Otherwise, your player's always perfectly vertical all the time. Um, yeah, or perfectly horizontal. Yes. Yes. Yeah. When you're prone. And so, you know, the coding difficulty of making a player prone and then conform to the slope of the hill it just doesn't seem like the most complicated mathematical problem in the world to me for yeah. <laughs> agreed strictly so i mean maybe there's other there's, there could be other challenges we don't recognize there but yeah yeah it, it adds to the clunk factor for sure it does So you see on here some common gripes yeah um i'm still upset about parachuting uh, yeah you know it's just like 
I don't know. To me, it just seems clear from anyone, any outside person watching the game would just be like, wait, why are you like hanging in midair on nothing for like 20 seconds? What's mm-hmm. going on here? You mm-hmm. know, I think a lot of people are just blind to it. Or they just accept it I'm as part of the game. I hate it every time it happens. <laughs> every time, dude. Every time. Every time it happens, I'm pissed. I just can't hang, man. It, it, it really, it makes me want to just get up and walk out of the room. You know, um, yeah. it's a feel feels bad moment. And there's no like that, that nothing. Like there's nothing you can do. You can you can spam F, but it, like F, this is fundamental. It gives you zero feedback that your yes. your avatar, your player is doing anything at all. Yes. And therefore, it just feels like your keyboard might as well be unplugged from the fucking wall. Like, it's, <laughs> like because, like, it, this, and this is like, if you're making a game out there, listeners, and there's an action that doesn't maybe do what it's supposed to do right away, because whatever, doesn't matter why, um... What you need to do is make that action give some kind of feedback to the player so that they know that something's trying to happen. So, for example, if I was stuck in a parachute in a tree and I had to get out of it, I would either unclip my parachute, which would make noises like buckles and things like that, and straps like sliding through buckles and whatever, or I would be knifing it, which also makes a sound. Mm-hmm. And so adding any kind of audio feedback or even player animation to show that your player is like actively doing something to get out of the situation would just be infinitely better. Like that yes. would, that's all they have to do. Even if they can't figure out how to get you unstuck, which would be step one, if, they, if this would be a huge stopgap measure that would just make that feel so much more satisfying and like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> instead of just like, well, I think the game broke is, is how it feels. It yeah. feels like the game is broken. Yeah, you know all of that useless animation they put into emotes? Mm. They really could have put it into some better uses, in my opinion. Ind- indeed. You know? I don't give a shit about emotes, but I do give a shit about knowing whether I'm going to get out of my goddamn parachute or not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> this game sucks! This game sucks! <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, hit detection. Ooh. Yeah. Didn't we already cover hit detection? Well, we covered desync. Yeah. And but the the sub point here is bullet obstruction. Which, yeah, I think bullet obstruction deserves some talk. Yeah. You know? Fences, that was a thing. Yeah. Um doesn't seem to be a thing anymore, but you know, you can't shoot through banisters, you can't shoot through a rail. So there's um some windows have these iron kind of bars. Right. And I love one of my most memorable moments I've watched of Shouds was he looks through a w- window that has bars on it up at someone in the second story in the building next to him. This was like one of the first Shroud clips I've ever seen. And he just like instantly headshots them. But they also had sighted him with the crossbow and taken a shot. And the shot would have hit, except the crossbow bolt hit one of the iron bars, which are literally about a centimeter thick. Yeah. And it about just barely thicker than the crossbow bolt itself. So it's like... Awesome life-saving moment right there, but also, had that been an AR bullet or or a sniper bullet, it would have similarly been stopped, and you know maybe it would have caught the first two bullets of a spray, which would have of course like changed the outcome of that situation. Yeah, and so I don't know. It's like th- that actually it kind of makes sense to me that iron bars would deflect a bullet or a bolt in that situation. There's other situations where shooting through a wooden banister 
it just feels like okay the after two bullets that banister is going to be totally <laughs> like just get it out of here you know yeah but then you know once you want it, the game to do something like that you're looking at performance issues so yeah it's it's kind of a trade-off um something that i think is still broken about this game is that i f- i often feel like shotgun pellets travel as like a contiguous cloud mm-hmm. like they're not individual i like i think that the, the damage is registered individually but i've had this happen too many times where i feel like half of my shotgun spray hit a bookshelf or something mm-hmm. and it just soaks up the whole spray mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and this is the kind of shit that it just starts to feel unforgivable after a while right. and i think oh, it leads man. to those feel that feels bad moments where you're like i shot them why didn't they get yeah. shot like that mini milta power plant the one that's all like iron inside yeah like that has a lot of metal oh, obstructions man. along the walls it's terrible it can be a total nightmare and it's it's one of those things where you're like well i have a shotgun and about let's say there's like steel lattices all over the place and you're right. looking at it and you're kind of doing the math like well i think that th- this thing is about 60 percent open and the rest of it's metal therefore i just have to shoot more shotgun shots at this person and you can like <laughs> unload an extended s12k on someone five feet away through this lattice and they will not take they, they a fucking lick I, that's what i'm like. saying dude that's what i's saying you know yeah it, it feels bad it feels bad it does um here's here's another feels bad which i don't think we put on our list but it's just opening so many crates and not getting anything good you know mm. like it's just, oh dude don't get me started i mean it's we, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole yeah. you know but i think they really got that pavlov wrong here you know, you know that's something i forgot to mention about they do you're right they do they need to go back and look at classical conditioning and psychology yeah um i think their looting mechanic actually takes place of that a little bit yes but that's true i will say islands of nine looks very promising in terms of its skins which is awesome because I looked at their store today and there's two crates that are available. One is weapon skins and one is player skins and armor skins, things like that. And the, both of them have, what was it? I think 18 skins each. And you get them after, you can buy one after roughly, I calculated about 12 games of gameplay. Of like maybe getting kind of far. Cause granted mm-hmm. I got kind of far the first game. So I got, mm-hmm. I got like 280 points. And you need 3,000 points to buy one of these. So that right there, just seeing that progression instantly, like, oh, I got that many points. This is how many per- more points I need for these very, like, visible, tangible things that I'll get in return. And it's not anything like, well, I'll get enough points to buy. Like, literally click on a button that says get crate, and then I'll get a random crate, which I might or might not need a key for. And then if I do get a key, then I'm going to unlock it and get one of very, like a very convoluted list of things at this really abs- bizarre ratio. And more than likely, I'm going to get a pair of pants that I don't give a fuck about. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so bizarre to me. Yeah. Oh my God. But, yeah, it's just, it's really broken mm-hmm. and, and annoying. And I think there are so many examples of games that do it better. Mm-hmm. And so it's just shocking to me that, we're, you know, that's what we're still looking at with mm-hmm. this game. But, wow, I have done a lot of bitching tonight. Holy shit. You know? It's <laughs> <laughs> That's that's what this is all about. <laughs> We're getting it out. Get, yeah, get it out of your system. Out. 
Yeah, uh, you know, we don't really need to go into this next point deeply, but it's just the Xbox version is disappointing, mm-hmm. you know, and I think everyone agrees with that. And it's it's hard to see the mobile version perform so well and ultimately be so good mm-hmm. in, in such a shorter amount of time than the Xbox version. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if I was an Xbox player, I would, I would actually have lost, I mean, actually I have lost as an observer of this, some confidence in the sort of vetting process or, or maybe um, curating that Xbox does in terms of what go- games are allowed as an yeah. Xbox release. Mm-hmm. Um, this has to be kind of one of the most problematic releases they've ever had. And it, I think everyone in Microsoft and in PUBG Corp was just kind of chasing money and yeah. allowing a game to get released like that the way it did. I usually see consoles as like a very mature, like something that is mature and stable will get released on it, but otherwise it won't. And so, you know, it makes me wonder if they've seen cheating issues on Xbox, actually. Um, maybe the same ones we see on PC, but I haven't yeah. heard, like, a discussion about whether or not there are. So Xbox players, maybe uh, I'd, love, I'd love to hear about that, if if you guys are seeing cheaters or not. So Yeah. Well, this leads me into a question I had. I haven't played that many modern video games. I was mm-hmm. really out of it for a while. But people... People talk about how bad the cheating is in PUBG. Is it really just worse in PUBG than it is in other really popular competitive games? Yes. Okay. <laughs> like, we can, we can just say that for sure. Like, we could say that. Okay. Um, unless, certainly, I, I, I guess, I'm, gonna, I'm saying that purely from subjective experience, but I have a lot of subjective experience to back that up. Um, and... I've just, I mean, cheating happens in other games, there's no doubt about it, but other games seem to be more on top of it. And the cheats in, that we see in PUBG are so explicit, right? Um, just kind of like grossly obvious. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think that there is, a, there is a difference. PUBG stands out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good to know. Again, I'll be really curious to see how it is in Islands or, or any of these other you Battle know, Royale frankly, games. I fully expect Islands of Nine to run into the same um, problems. Yeah, with cheating, just because it's it's you know a small studio, they're going to have to kind of jump over the same hurdles that PUBG has had to, or is still hopping over. Right. Um, so yeah, okay. Let's talk about this. You put down here no ranking or ranked matchmakers. Yes, this is something we see. I've complained about it. A lot of people in the community complain about it. Where. There really is no explicit ranking system. Most games have some kind of leveling system where you have a rank. Um, you might even be in a different league. Uh, Rocket League has this. Rainbow Six has this. I don't think Battle... Uh, no, Battlefield has a leveling system that I didn't really honestly pay that much attention to. But the important... I mean, p- part of it is just for progression. Sorry, my cat is rubbing on the microphone here. Get out of here. <laughs> Some of it's just for a sense of personal progress, and it's also so that you're playing with people of a similar skill. Um, I've seen people complaining lately who are apparently good players, and they're frustrated because they keep getting put in pools of players that, like, you know, if they're if you're a top five percent player, then most of the people you run into are going to be kind of a pushover in this yeah. game, right? Yeah, it's and true. I could see. I wish that was my frustration. <laughs> <laughs> with this game I am yeah. not that blessed with talent and skill for that to be one of my problems but you know everyone everyone suffers on some side of that right whether right. it's being paired with pl- 
players that are way too good or players that are way too bad or just being paired with the whole like random assortment of players all the time so yeah agreed yeah i couldn't agree more it's just another glaring omission from this game really Mm -hmm. yeah okay well dude we have to bring it all together and answer this question that's the thing man what we have to decide is after all of that discussion does PUBG suck <laughs> you know walking into this dis- this discussion and we just got done listing a bunch of kind of negative points about the game yeah but I think when you look at how many people play the game and I mean myself I'm just kind of looking in the mirror here I still play the hell out of this game and I still like playing the hell out of this game um, especially with friends and other people who are stoked about it and as many flaws as it has my behavior is indicative to me that this game does not suck (laughs) (laughs) otherwise i would have to question my decision making processes right in my Mm -hmm. life um and it, it definitely has its fair share of problems as we outlined but i for me the 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 proof the, the judgment has to come from kind of my own behavioral patterns, which yeah. is that I've chosen and put a lot of time into this game and have enjoyed doing so. So I think it's a good game. I think it's a great game. I think it's done a lot for the gaming um, world. And I, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it that it's had a huge impact and we're about to enjoy that impact in other iterations, which I'm really excited about. Nice. We've got a stamp of approval from Robin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know. This might sound like a bit of a cop-out, but I think I would say that from a design perspective, I think PUBG is a home run. Like, the game as it is drawn up, like the blueprints of this Mm -hmm. game are just stunning. And I think that that's what people love about this game. I think people really love the game this game could be. Mm-hmm. right it's kind of like you're dating someone and you're like oh like <laughs> they're so good looking and they have a really good job and we have a lot of fun together you know but then you're like yeah but they don't wash the dishes and like they don't shower very often and like mm-hmm. the sex is really unsatisfying sometimes and like you know i don't like that family and it's like it's it's like the list just goes on you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like when you're making your list of pros and cons it i just feel very conflicted about this game mm-hmm. and so you know i think a lot of the implementation of this game does suck mm-hmm. but i think that the idea of the game is good enough to keep me coming back and i think they've solved just enough of the problems that i still want to play the game yeah you know but i think a lot of people have threatened this and i i feel like i'm threatening this like PUBG, you better get your shit together (laughs) you know yeah because we all know that if you know someone just as sexy and attractive and interesting comes along who's plugged their holes better you know we're gonna start dating them instead it's, it's not that hard to break up with the video game it's true it's a little hard but it's I, true. I guess for us it might be a little awkward <laughs> because we're hosting a podcast pretty yeah. much about this game, <laughs> and we have a community that sprung up basically about this game but i feel like that community is as ready to date somebody else as we are yeah <laughs> if the right possibility comes along so yeah mm-hmm 
So PUBG, just take that as a warning and get your shit together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. All right. So um, let's see what's coming up here next week. Robin, are you going to be gone on Monday? No, I'll be here. Yeah. Yeah. Are you? Will you be hosting customs? I'll be hosting customs. All right. Happily. In Good shit. Dude, customs are like awesome lately. By the way, we've I finally have gotten a little more proactive about designing different game modes, and you know, war mode is better because there's not random loot. But basically, we're doing like capture the flag ish modes. We want to do like a Normandy mode, which I've we heard about the guys on Drop Zone doing actually. Nice. Um, so Job Zone, if you haven't heard, listeners is another podcast about PUBG. So if you haven't heard it, you should go check them out. They also host customs on Monday nights. <laughs> yeah, they do. Which we might end up working out an agreement where we alternate weeks or something. I need to communicate with them. But this week, I do plan on hosting some customs. Um, and yeah, basically, there's a list in our Discord of different things we're trying out with custom games. And you guys should c- come join the fun and cast your vote in terms of what you want to try. It's awesome. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Groovy. And um, yeah, I'll be hosting games on Tuesday night of next week. And I apologize. There was some confusion around this week and, and we didn't uh, have anyone hosting on that night. Mm. But I'm committing to next Tuesday. So I will see you then. And um, yeah, I think that we'll we'll continue to have SoCola and Skills and Thrills hosting games. Yeah. Speaking of Skills and Thrills, man, he got... Um, oh yeah he did on on what's the thing mixer mixer thank you yes so he's now a sponsored streamer is that how you say it uh he's a partner partner he's a mixer partner that's it so he was an he was putting a lot of energy into getting a a partnership with them and he got it so congrats to skills and thrills Big congrats. He's been working on that for literally years. Yep. So it's a really big deal for him. Yeah, big testament to his stream, too, yeah. and what he's what he's bringing. So. Oh, and he definitely deserves it. I mean, yep. he's such a nice guy. He's a lot of fun to watch. He's really entertaining. Mm-hmm. He's, he's very welcoming, you know, so he'll he'll play with you if you want to play with him. Yeah, um, I miss him. He hasn't been, he's been busy and hasn't been able to join us lately. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, we'll put a link to his stream in the show notes. He's also a, he's an endorsed streamer with us. So, you know, we actually work together in an official way. Mm-hmm. And so we'll put a link to his stream in the show notes. You guys should go and show him some love, subscribe to his stream, check him out. You will not regret it. He also has some big plans for running some tournaments with us coming up. So, you know, stay tuned for yes. that. Awesome. The best way to, you know, find out what's going on with our custom games is to get in our Discord and go to our custom games section and you know we have all the info posted under there and if you're unsure you can just ask and people will set you straight that's gonna do it for our show this week and it's always great to have you guys join us and of course you know a link to our discord is in the show notes and that's really the place to be we're pushing almost a thousand members which is crazy Whoa. yep and um you know, we plugged our Patreon earlier in this episode, and that's just a really great way to give us a little trickle of cash that helps us to buy things like, you know, copies of the games we're talking about, and, you know, equipment like microphone stands, and just various other things. Um, so thanks so much for your support there. And we have an Xbox club. It's the winner winner uh, Xbox club, so you can just look that up. And it's basically like the Xbox version of our Discord. And there's definitely over 100 members in there. We might even be pushing 200 members now. So that's a pretty happening place as well. 
highly recommended. And we have a subreddit. And we also, you can always use old-fashioned email with us. We win a podcast at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with us. So tell us about the music, Robin. So our intro and outro music is done by Gazelles. You can find a link to their Facebook page in our show notes. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in another week, and we will catch you next time. Yeah, thanks a lot for listening, guys. I'll see you out there.